Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardawar. I'm Deputy Editor Sherlyn Lowe. Today we have a special episode all about Google and Google's Pixel 7 event. Uh, we are recording just a couple hours after this event ended in New York, and Sherlyn was there. Oh. Uh, we have some other folks there that we will be introducing soon. But as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes. Drop us an email at podcastengadget.com, and you can join us Thursdays, typically around 10 a.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel for the live stream of the show. We will show off products and have all sorts of fun. Well, let's dive right into all this Google stuff. And uh, joining us, special guest, Sam Rutherford. Hey, Sam, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I, I hope <laughs> you guys are okay because you're you're both recovering from this event, from covering it live, from doing a live blog. We're back to doing those and uh, also getting some hands-on time with these devices. So, you know, you, you guys are the experts in the Google stuff here. So what what is interesting you from, you know, from everything Google announced today? Let's just do a quick high-level recap. Yeah. Today was the Pixel 7 or the Made by Google event. It was for Google to show off all its Pixel portfolio of devices. We've known forever that it was the Pixel 7, the Pixel 7 Pro, and the Pixel Watch. And at Google I.O., the company also teased the Pixel tablet, right? I wasn't so much... Ex- okay, <laughs> I had to stop acting like I'm trying to get an Emmy here. I knew that we would learn more about the Pixel tablet at this uh-huh. event. Because well, they've I been was teasing free. it for a while. This is not they a big have. secret, Google. Like, it's, come it's, on. It's, it's yeah. not a secret. This is public knowledge. But I had to like pretend like I didn't know the Pixel tablet would be discussed on stage today. Because even though like I had the briefing today, right? But the, the stuff that we knew was coming for sure was the, the phones and the watch. And then we did get a bit of a tease of the tablet that is coming in 2023. Um, I mean, I personally am super intrigued by the watch but i want to hear what sam was was like most excited by i i think you're uh 100 correct like I, I think a lot of people have just been waiting for the pixel watch because it feels like that last piece of like the pixel ecosystem because we got watches they've done tablets before they're doing tablets again and like you they really like you need something to you know complete that like idea of ambient computing which is kind of what that pixel watch is but obviously there's also the pixel 7 and the pixel 7 pro which is kind of like the heart of you know the the ecosystem because it has you know the new tensor g2 chip yep Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and that g2 chip is also in the tablet by the way Um, yeah 
that yeah. that's surprising to me. And that G2 chip is something that I wrote up for us at the site. You guys kind of did the bulk of the work. And I just sat back and looked at some chip specs because that's kind of what I'm doing right now. But the G2 chip, uh, it is worth talking about a bit because Sherlin, last year, you did a huge profile on, you know, the Tensor yeah. chip. Yeah. And that was Google's first custom system on a chip design, similar to what Apple does uh, with its A-series chips on iPhones. Before, Google was just like putting in Snapdragon chips, right? Or like very, very much off-the-shelf parts. The Tensor was its first time making its own thing. We really liked it in the Pixel 6. Um, what is exciting about it? now in the Pixel 7. Honestly, we didn't learn that much. Correct me if I'm yeah, wrong, Sam. Yeah. We didn't learn that much about what makes a G2 different other than mm -hmm. it now has a dedicated TPU, which I'm like, didn't it, it have it TPUs? Exactly. It had, it had exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, we, yeah. nothing really has. They've upgraded so, the TPU maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me so let me just tell you quickly from what from what I saw in the specs. Uh, the uh, this is an eight core chip, two big cores, two medium cores, four little cores, four small cores. The middle core, uh, the big cores are five megahertz faster. The, A whole what? five megahertz. The you middle say. the middle cores <laughs> are ten megahertz faster, or maybe it may be flipped around, but like very little. Very like like a hair. I faster. I was hyped for a second when you said five megahertz because yeah. I thought you you said five gigahertz. No, no, I, I said five. No, I you said, said megahertz. Megahertz. Mega. And the hertz <laughs> m. The only uh, the only difference, and they're also using the same uh, ARM Cortex cores as last year, except the mid core, the medium core, is now at a seventy a seventy eight instead of a seventy six. We don't know what that means. These are just different numbers, but essentially, it does look like this chip is pretty much what Google did last year. Uh, the TPU chip you're talking about, Trillin, that deals with like AI processing, uh, which we may talk about with some of these new features. But basically, it seems like Google didn't really touch this hardware very much. They're just kind of building on last year's design, right? Not on the G2. Uh, mm -hmm. And and I don't know if, Sam, you have anything to chime in here because you've also been a Pixel 6 Pro user. But I found that over long term, the Tensor chip, whatever it is, whether it's the software of the Pixel 6 Pro or whether it's just running out of RAM or whatever, it just, it just seems to struggle and chug a little bit over time. Uh, and it runs hot a lot. I said, I felt like that was a tensor problem, but I don't know if Sam, if I'm like, you know, imagining things. Yeah, I, I haven't uh, run into like the, the kind of sluggishness that you're talking about quite as much. Um, There is some like heat concerns. And I think, well, like, you know, with the Tensor G2, it's really like, you know, this is Google's like continuing expansion of like, let's try to find uh, all the things we can use machine learning and AI uh, like processing to apply to software features. And so, you know, it, it, it's kind of unknown of like how much better, you know, more increased tensor performance we're getting. But, you know, there are some features that are leveraging that kind of uh, performance to unlock features on the phone. So, for example, you know, they made a big deal about uh, the 5X telephoto zoom on the um, the Pro, the 7 Pro. And so, you know, it's they're kind of redesigning how the zoom system works. So not only is it using multi-frame composition from both the main uh, sensor and the telephoto sensor, it's also, you know, incorporating super, super res zoom into that. And this is another one of those things that kind of seems like, oh, we needed a little bit more, uh, you know, machine learning performance than we could get from, say, an off-the-shelf Snapdragon or, like, even an Exynos. I was going to say that this seems to be the focus of this year's phone releases, right? Like, you've got Google talking about how Tensor G2 enables all these different experiences that seem to be just software, but actually seem like now they might need to rely on hardware. It's similar to the iPhone 14 Pro, where the A16 <laughs> Bionic is, like, tied to the AOD because it's got, like, what, a dedicated low-power display part and... um 
there's the 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 dynamic island that's also tapping something in the 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 a16 bionic so it's a theme this year uh but it's i think google when it introduced tensor was like the first company to really tie its features like ai like all this uh, voice recognition stuff to the fact that its chip has an ai like a component like a tpu Right. May I, yeah, and I, and I yeah. oh, sorry. Yeah. I was gonna say I kind of touched us touch on this in my hands on is that because the the software is so integrated into the way the Tensor chip works, it's kind of hard to tell, especially in a short time. You know, we only had you know half an hour, forty five minutes with the devices to like really see how deep you know that performance can go. And so you know they and the other thing that I think it's important to think about or remember is that um, the Tensor chip like unlocks a lot of on-device local machine learning performance. And so they're not, they don't, you know, you don't have to ping the cloud. And so this kind of plays into like, you know, for example, the Pixel Recorder app. Uh, one of the new features this year is that they're going to be able to do automatic speaker yes. taps, which I don't, for as like, as a journalist, yes. like that is so <laughs> useful for recording uh, conversations. And then, but once again, it's all happening on the device. And, you know, they were very clear about it last year with the Tensor, the first gen Tensor that, you know, they need that on-device performance in order to enable more accurate uh, language processing. And so the ability to do different um, you know, speaker tags seems like that's kind of playing into the capabilities that the Tensor G2 provides. I, I think at a broad level, like let's look high level here. Like what? how does the Pixel 7 compare to the iPhone 14 and 14 Pro? We are really seeing like how these companies just think differently, yeah. right? Like Google has always been about... <laughs> Yeah, think different. Uh, but Google has always been about computational photography. They were trying to get a lot done with one one little lens for, for several years. Now they have multiple lenses. But Google is leaning more on what its AI can do and what like it can do with software. Whereas I feel like Apple has had some of that. But Apple is more about we're going to get the best lenses we can get. You know, we're going to cram them all in there. And I feel like Apple leans more on the hardware side. And they're slowly trying to get into the AI side of things because they don't they do have AI processing in the uh, in the A series chips. You know, it's a thing, but not as much as Google. I, Google, that's always been like Google's focus. Totally, yeah. no. Google's always had the lead in the software and processing side of things, and that's how it's been able to beef up a lot of its photography stuff. And 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 Apple has rightly copied a lot of that. And to that point. How many pot shots did Google take at Apple today? How many? <laughs> I during this event, it was yeah, like uh -oh, yeah. RCS, uh -oh, computational photography uh -oh. was a term that we coined that we uh -oh. nobody talked about before. Our Pixel Three, the car crash detection. Uh, yeah, they, they, car they crash that detection. Out. We were the first three I years ago. Say, I was like, I have to say, Google, you you have no high horse here. Just last year, or just last week, which I had to plug into our podcast, you shut down Stadia, uh, the thing where you where you walked onto stage and we're like, we're gonna. Change the entire video game market with Stadia. But don't even. I can't trust you, Google. Okay. Yeah. But don't even start yeah. with that. Start from the fact that right in the same keynote where it's shitting on Apple for doing all those things, Google is like, <laughs> Google is like, by the way, face unlock, hey. And then, by the way, cinematic video, hey. Like, come on. It's, it's, yeah. It's uh, it's really funny. I also think, uh, just on a technical level, for all of you watching the the Google stream from home, a lot of us on staff were just annoyed about simple production things. I think the yeah. microphone sounded weird. The, the cameras were always out of focus. It was like a high school production of a play at times. Uh, I'm like, Google, you can do better I, than this. I want to say that having yeah. now attended both the Apple and Google keynotes very recently, that like it, I appreciate that Google didn't just you know make us all fly out and watch a pre-recorded video from start to end. Google well, actually had speakers make, on stage. Yeah. 
they haven't been and they had it in new york whereas apple will make you go to their home base, which right? i almost so, feel like would yeah. have been better if google had made us do it on his own turf in mountain view because a lot of logistical challenges made this experience a whole nightmare for me which we can get into later on i think we can yeah. but i mean not, not even it's it's not like google doesn't have offices in new york like you know there are a they they bought an google entire block. block yeah yeah new and the, you know they could have done it there I think that, you know, they were trying to, like, you know, support the, lo- the local, you know, like, you know, we were at National Sawdust as, like, a kind of an art um, venue, and, you know, they have musical performances there. And so I think they, you know, wanted to tie into the message. But I think from a logistical standpoint, you guys are correct. It's like, you know, it would have been nice to, like, you, you have multiple buildings over in Chelsea. Like, mm-hmm. we could have done it there. Oh, yeah. I mean, do it do it on the High Line. Like, take like take oh. over just a corner of the High Dude, Line. Dude, though, right the, the night... Think about the logistics of exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. But think about the traffic, right? Like, just the traffic getting yeah, into Brooklyn yeah. this time around was was tricky already. But but You would, you would look cool, though. It would look cooler than Apple's <laughs> I event. So. I, have a, I had a lot of angry <laughs> messages from Sherlyn Mornings. Like, we're not moving. That we're was Brian. That was Brian. That was Brian. That was you, too. Me, too. You were like, oh, traffic's terrible. Let's move on to some of the actual devices. Because we've been talking about... Okay, Tensor G2, not, not that big of a change. It is a big lean on AI processing and stuff. But the Pixel 7, the Pixel 7 Pro, I have thoughts about these designs because not much has changed since last year. But you guys have yeah, okay. felt these. I, 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 want, I want to hear this because I know yeah. there's some very, like, you know, mm-hmm. hard hard takes on this. Yeah. So let me ask you, is it the camera bar that you guys no, have I like issues it. with? I like it I all. Okay. My, okay. Thing, my thing is, for the phone nerds out there, um, this is HTC. This is like if HTC was still its own company and making their own little like, um, you know, their own HTC One type of phones. Uh, The real Android nerds know that HTC was the one that kind of like reshaped the entire Android phone market. Uh, And HTC... yeah, Google bought uh, them I was saying, you're, you're, you're 100% correct. The HTC yeah. One M7 was the phone that yes. got me to switch away yes. from my iPhone to Android. It was a better looking unibody type phone. But anyway, Google bought HTC, uh, their phone division, like several years ago. And I feel like we're seeing the fruits of that now. Like we're seeing that slightly more. This is a really interesting design. This is like very subtle, little bits of color. We saw it last year, but I just feel like overall, you look at the phones, you look at the watch. I think the watch is beautiful. And even you... You actually agree with that, oh, I, according to your hands-on. I, 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 I've been kind of championing this since I saw it in person for the first time, which now that it's fully announced, I think I can tell y'all that I've seen it out in the wild before it even was announced, just because I've been having top-secret meetings with execs who forgot to take it off their wrists before they met me. <laughs> <laughs> they would Aww. like walk into a meeting and be like, oops, I yeah. guess. I mean, it's so seamless. They forget to exactly. take it off. Well, yeah, it feels like clear. nothing. But no, yeah. I am very enamored with the watch, but I don't know if we're getting into that yet. Yeah, I will say I challenge both of you on the phone design. I straight up told Google to their face when we were being brief, and Sam was there, and he will confirm this. I uh-huh. was like, I don't know. I don't like this. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't really like your camera bar. <laughs> and they were like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I said, I like your cool, colors. Cool. I like the we'll, colors. We'll take that into consideration, Trillin. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I see. I like the camera bar. It kind of looks like a visor. Uh, for any you know gamers out there, uh, I think it kind of the, the seven, the like the, the standard seven, especially it looks like that uh, like an Among Us character. But I, I think you know it also kind of has like a little Mandalorian vibe. I think it's pers- it has a little bit of personality. Also, it sits pr- pretty much flat on a mm-hmm, table. There's mm-hmm, no wobble mm-hmm. like an iPhone, which is I like I you know that's that it means a little bit to me. Um, and you know, uh, but to your point, I think you know these. It's the same design we've seen before. It's you know refreshed. It's a little slicker. 
Um, I do like that the frame of the phone is attached seamlessly to that camera bar. And so you add, get a little bit of added durability. And so it feels like, you know, a more of like a considered thing. Not a huge departure from Definitely not device. a huge departure. But it feels the like, to your point, Sam, the bar, the first time I touched the Pixel 7 Pro on my own outside of the, like a test environment, it was like, oh, yeah, the bar's not as obvious as before, not as annoying. And I do appreciate that it's symmetrical and lays flat on the table. Yeah. yeah. I, I just have to say design-wise, these phones just look unique. Yes, They look for sure. different, right? If you're walking down the street and you see somebody just like tapping away at their phone, take one look like, boom, Pixel phone. And that is an accomplishment. Like that is something Google has not managed to achieve until, honestly, until the Pixel 6 last year. But it's a design feat because there are so many smartphones out there. It's so hard to I, like differentiate. I got, and I think that it, that alone is interesting. Sure, yeah. but I really love the oh, Pixel 3. Oh, we got 3. the hater coming in. I come love on, the wow. Pixel 3. The Pixel 3. <laughs> Do you remember that not it's pink fine. Pixel 3, the almost pink yeah, Pixel it's 3? Fine. It's perfectly oh, fine. It was, yeah. per, it was beautiful. And that reminds me of the Pixel mm-hmm. tablet a little bit, which we can get into mm-hmm. later. But no, okay. So well, yeah, go on. Yeah. My, my thing is like, yeah, Pixel 3, cool. It, it, uh, once in a while, Google had like a nice little inspiration for a cool design. But what is cool about the family now is like Pixel 7, Pixel 7 Pro, the watch, even the tablet. Yeah. And I am an Android tablet hater. Yeah. Even the tablet looks cool. And there is like a cohesion yes. to this overall design. And it's kind of beautiful. It reminds me, we bring this up a lot, uh, but the, uh, the Spike Jones movie, Her, where technology was a little organic and a little subdued and not like, filled with metal and a lot of boxes. It's very it's very more like something you live with and very subtle. I, I kind of appreciate that. That is a nice movie. Can we yeah. talk about the best thing about the Pixel 7? Go, so, go for it. That the freaking starting price is $599. I mean, come on. It's like half the starting price of an iPhone, basically. It's ridiculous. It's a lot of top-notch features for a, very much a fraction of the price. I mean, okay, maybe you don't get three cameras on the Pixel 7. So $600 is... I guess comparable to maybe the iPhone mini when it was around, but no, even the iPhone 14 base model starts at $799. Yeah, right. Good, good and, pricing. Yeah, and and if you look at the 7 Pro, that starts at $899. That's the same price as the iPhone 14 Plus. The iPhone 14 Pro Max that starts at $1,100. So there's a there's a $200 gap between the Pixel 7 Pro. And the iPhone 14 Pro Max in order if you want that, you know, telephoto, those extra lenses. And you get a 120 hertz screen on the Pro at least, right? I don't know. I don't remember if you get it on the base 7. But you get 120 hertz. No, you definitely don't. Yeah, you yeah, definitely yeah. don't. It's 90 hertz on the at base. At least 90. Uh, at least 90 for $599. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep. That's pretty good. Yeah, so good job. Aggressive, like nice, aggressive design from Apple or from Google and also aggressive pricing. And I think that is. That's that's kind of huge. Uh, I see one question from the chat. Dude named Charlie asked, should I ditch my 13 mini for the new Pixel? I mean, that's that's a phone from last year. So I, I would say hold on to that for another year. But it's a big choice, too. Compelling. It's a, These are compelling yeah. phones. So, yeah, it's it's a big decision to make when you're switching OSs, too. So I, I, I there's more to weigh than just like what are the spec list features? Um, what will happen to all your iMessage chats? Yeah. Broken. Are you ready forever. to di- all your, your friends will never forgive? Yeah. You. Separate yeah. from your family. But um, but but anyway, back to back to like Google's products, right? Like I know we were kind of dipping our toes in the water with this discussion, but the freaking Pixel watch. I don't even, I can't even. I'm just like, okay, so when this thing... It's, it's a good watch. It's a good watch. Oh finally. my gosh. Yeah. So so, so we've watch. been waiting how many years for this now? Maybe like 10? <laughs> I want to say... It's been rumored for it's, like three years straight. And now oh, it's been rumored since before I joined Engadget, first of all. So that's at least six years. Um, we call those good years, yeah, as I recall. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So then well, the, the thing that really stands out about this to me, and I know this it seems like such a small 
normal watch nerdy thing to say, but like it doesn't have lugs. Like Apple watches don't have lugs either, so it's very similar to the Apple. What do you mean watch. by lugs? By lugs, I mean the like little um, brackety thing that look like paper clips oh, yeah, yeah. that attach that stick, a watch to a yeah, exactly. Yeah. So those are very much a fashion choice sometimes with watches. Like Scoggins watches are like that. Um, a lot of fossil and fashion watches are like that too. Uh, you will find that Samsung's Galaxy watches very often come with lugs that are like chunkier they're not like too big. yeah they're just they, they big. like hold the watch above your wrist i don't like yeah that. on the yeah. stream sam is showing so the look kind of stick, they out. stick yep. out that's how the, the strap attaches to the case of the watch so i think to finally see an android watch not have that and have the attachment of the strap the mechanism be so similar to apple's except for actually infuriating um be it, it was like a great change and because of because of this um design it makes the case of the watch itself feel like I've said this a s- several times. It feels like a rounded, smooth, polished pebble. And like, yeah, it looked exactly. Oh my yeah. God, it feels so good to keep flipping around in my hand. Oh, y- y'all know I love to fondle shit. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you know what else was a pebble? A, a pebble? rounded, smooth pebble? The HTC oh, Pebble the from fuck? several years yeah, ago. Yeah, calling it back. What yeah, HTC that? Pebble. <laughs> this is all HTC, baby. And I was looking at the chat room. Uh, a lot of people agree with me. Uh, Many, dozens of people agree with me. Uh, um, this is a big win. This is a big win for Google, honestly. Like, I, I'm not a huge fan of Android watches. I think this thing looks good. My only thing is that I think the bezel is bigger than people actually realize. So, because the screen yes. has a black background, but the bezel is actually kind of large around it too. But Sam did, did point out something. I think it was you, Sam, or was it Chris Velasco, who happened to also be there. Um, when you said the dome shape of the screen sort of hides some of that bezel thickness. Was that you? Yeah. Sam, do you want to explain? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so they, they, they were saying like on stream that like they were kind of inspired by a water drop. And I think like between pebble and water drop, like that really describes the watch really well. And then, you know, from every every person we've talked to, everyone's like, oh, man, look, the Pixel watch is just really pretty. And I, and I think it's just like striking in a way that's like, oh, man, I, I like I, it's 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 easier to picture it on your wrist and then you know when you're talking about the lugs they made it super easy to switch out the bands and we were talking to like a lot of the googlers and like oh i just switch it out every day it takes like it takes two seconds and it's like so they're people they're mixing and matching it to go with their outfit to go with their mood that's and i think that's that's, more annoying than i'd like on an apple watch you know (laughs) apple says it's easy but i screaming into the microphone (laughs) um sorry i i have several apple watch bands it is always a little too annoying it's like which one goes up which one goes down i gotta gotta, like it doesn't always slide in so i get this is better i get that i get that part of the switching out the apple watch band uh situation but i will say having tried both now the apple watch band is still easier to switch out because there's one button you press down and then you slide it out you're changing straps the it's not that hard it's really not hard no the apple watch (laughs) is not hard at all the the pixel watch takes a little bit more finesse i want to say because you're not just they describe it like a dslr lens changing situation and you might see footage of this in our hands-on video where i struggle for i think a full minute uh like how to put it's it on. it's not that bad it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a little twist it's, it's, a, just a, it's little a tiny twist. little twist and it's probably because i'm overthinking it right so i want to say that this is probably just difficult on your first two or three attempts but once you figure it out you'll get it in no problem i'm just you saying can, you kind of learn the thing yeah, yeah. just just know so, that there's a learning curve this is a pretty watch okay uh what does it do 
You know, <laughs> like is it is it better than other Android watches? Yeah. Why why is Google even doing this? To be honest, like that's my question. Wanna, there's so many other Android watches there. I want to yeah. quickly address this point that uh, on the chat, CF five forty two is asking, did they produce just one size? Yes, only one watch case size is available. This is a forty one millimeter model, but you do get options of different band sizes. And honestly, it's not too big for my wrist, which is great. But it also didn't look out of place on like a larger wrist. I will say, Sam, you have a larger wrist, right? You like the size? Slightly. I don't. I don't. I don't have like big like bear paw <laughs> yeah. wrists. Um. So I've I've never had an issue with like sizing. Yeah. So so I I don't know that maybe if you have like different size wrists it might look funny on you. I still I haven't seen the occasion where it does, but it is a choice to make a case in only one size and make that size be 41 millimeters because it is the smallest Apple Watch size. So I don't know about visibility and what that does for it. But then to that point, right, what Devendra said, what does this watch do? For the, I mean, for the most part, a lot of the watch stuff now lives on watch faces. That's that's just smart watches in general now because now tech companies understand what we want isn't like to hang out and play snake on our watches, <laughs> except for I kind of do. Uh, you, We don't want to... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. We we need a series of videos of Sherlin just doing the most basic oh, games my God, on, yes. on like really high end devices because that yeah. is my watching history. YouTube on like a one inch playing screen. Yeah. Tetris yeah. on the Apple Watch Ultra. Man. Anyway. Okay. So 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 a lo- so what Google has done is to create like oh to create like um. F- 18 families of different watch faces now. And by families, they just mean like they have this template that you can customize with different colors, styles, and uh, complications. So 18 families of watch faces um, on which you can either add your you know favorite people's pictures as the background, which for me will be lots of selfies. And then you can put uh, different complications on there so you have glanceable access to your steps progress and all that stuff. And this is a good way also to then seg into what else it does, right? Steps progress, like your heart rate. The Google Pixel Watch will sample your heart rate at a rate, uh, sample your, I guess, your pulse at a rate of once every second. And according to Google, that's a lot faster or more frequent than competing smartwatches. This is really the result of a marriage between Fitbit and Google, right? Because Fitbit brings that great heart rate, like sensing technology. Google brings that like processor managing AI filtering sound out kind of info. Uh, And HTC brings the design. Yeah. Yeah, but th- yeah. but there are a couple of features that like you can clearly see have that like Fitbit DNA. There's like the workout readiness feature, so it's like you know, hey, if you like didn't sleep all that well the night before and you haven't been like doing a lot of steps, maybe today take it easy or something like that. And, and you know, that's kind of something that I appreciate. Uh, obviously, and there's the sleep tracking too. Um, did they did did they talk about battery life on stage? Yeah. I don't know I if they specifically. So they might that. not have mentioned it on. They, I, I think they did in one of the videos, right? You get up to twenty four hours. They're calling it all day battery, um, and it's once every like you twenty four hours is a good claim. Is nowhere near anything Fitbit makes, right? Fitbit's devices typically get you at least three days of juice. Even something like the Sense, like the, their highest end smartwatch, the Sense will last you like three days at the very least. Well, but yeah, because they have much simpler yes, operating exactly. systems. Like they don't they don't do as much as like an Android oh, device. They don't even yeah. know what yeah. a third party app is. They don't even yeah. know how to yeah. let you reply to a message from your home screen. Like this is all dumb shit. But the rest of Wear OS 3.5, which is by the way what they're calling it, Wear OS 3.5, uh, it's kind of a tweak on the Wear OS 3 that they co-engineered with Samsung uh, last year. Uh, the, the rest of it is very similar to 
that version of Wear OS, which is the Tizen-ish uh, mishmash, right? You've got the side-scrolling general interface where it's cards that you can reorganize and show like your steps, your weather widget, your calendar, your reminders, your alarms, whatever, as you keep side-scrolling. Then you drag down from the top and you get your quick settings. You drag up from the you know bottom and you get like your notifications. Um, you have assistant access. You have GPS support. You have Google Pay. Basically everything that the apple watch does right like this is watch os by android and this is <laughs> it's i mean it's, it's copying but also it's good to see it's good to see right. that google is finally here Wait, that's all it, I'm, i I'm am intrigued right i like i i still have my reservations about how this will do and i can't wait to really like just test it in the real world um but for i mean i think what will make or break wear os at least when it's compared to watch os is that third-party app support I, I I am concerned. I am concerned that they won't get enough hype from developers to build out like things like, I don't know, I, even Spotify doesn't seem to work the same on Wear OS sometimes compared to Watch OS, right? Like it's just people don't prioritize non-Apple products sometimes. But anyway, okay. I want to know. Anyway. I also can't wait to test this. Okay, look. This thing is so small and light, especially that, oh, oh, y'all will see me freaking out about the um, the stretch band. There's this band they made called, the, it's like basically Apple's solo loop, but like a oh, different material. So it's easier to kind of slip over your wrist. Oh my God. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's materials, materials, oh, design. But it, I like how you're something. getting excited for what to me is like a sock for uh, your wrist. It is a sock. It's like, <laughs> a wrist sock. It's like, it's like stretchy oh, and you yes. can put it over your hand uh, and you don't have to do any buckles, but like. That, that's what it, it is. is. That's all Don't you get want. me wrong. Very, very convenient. It's so convenient, you but want... then you put it on and it's secure yeah. on your wrist. And also, the, the other the, the other thing that gets me so excited about it is that it's finally a watch that's low profile enough that I feel like I could comfortably wear it to bed, possibly. Okay. I feel like that is your ultimate watch test. So, okay, we're all excited for the Pixel Watch. I think it looks really cool. Check out Sherlin's hands-on and all that stuff. And you produce some videos, too, so people can see this thing in action. We've got a couple other things to just mention here, too. Uh, there were some cool accessibility and yes. updates among all this news. One feature I really liked is uh, Google focused on a feature that lets people who are blind uh, take selfies. It just like gives you a, like, hey, move your phone up left, up right. Uh, it'll help you like catch the light uh, in your face. That is super cool. I feel like that that is a really useful thing. What else you know really stuck out with you guys? The fact that I mean, guided frame was definitely something I wanted to shout out. So I'm glad you brought it up. I'm concerned that it doesn't seem to. I, I I'm not sure how it works for people who are visually impaired just yet. We did do a brief demo of it, me and uh, Sam, at our little uh, briefing. And it was able to kind of make sure that there were two people in the frame. So it was trying to make sure both faces were within view uh, before it said, now you're ready. But when I saw this demo, I was like, oh, but that's not the most flattering angle you could have picked. Right, right, right. So I'm still, I'm like, uh, they, they may not have I, I, a I selfie expert on no. staff. I don't so. know if the, the computer algorithms have figured out what's like the perfect selfie or how to take the perfect selfie yet. So I, that might be asking a little much but like I, I appreciate that like it's kind of using the the talkback feature that's built into the android accessible accessibility umbrella and so I, I really like that it's a kind of expanding those accessibilities without like forcing people to learn like a whole new app or anything which you know i, I think is the right way to do it 
Uh, I mean, then there's the assistant feature um, updates. I honestly, at this point, can't remember what they are. So it just tells you that it's not like a huge hey, deal. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a huge thing. It was one thing we thought we'd hear more about. There are a lot of cool camera features I just want to shout out. Like, I, kind of as part about this. Uh, we talked about cinematic blur a little bit. It's it's exactly like cinema mode uh, on the iPhones. It gives you like blurry backgrounds. There are some other useful features. Uh, the sort of like uh, there's photo unblur which will kind of save a bad shot and going kind of using the AI processing on the Pixel 7 to do this, but also it can go back and save some of your older photos too. And I do wonder how well that's going to work because that is actually really interesting and it's probably a problem a lot of people have. And from so, and from the samples yeah. we, are, we have seen at the keynote and the demos, we, we're not seeing drastic difference. They're not going to like fully crispen. <laughs> that's yeah, the word. It's not going to be magic. Right. It's going to yeah. just we, slightly we, save it. Right, and we we but we saw a couple of demos where like someone was taking like an old black and white uh, like film photo that had been like digitized and then uploaded to Google Photos, and so it's like this 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 uh, the photo unblur feature works on any photo that you can upload to Google Photos on a Pixel Seven, and so it's like doesn't matter what camera shot it, doesn't matter when it was shot it, and so I think there's a huge range of like things to be tested. So I'm really curious to see how that works. And then I, I, they also improved uh, face unblur, which is like, you know, if you're taking pictures of like a child, which never stops moving, it's like, you know, that can be like definitely really helpful to be like, oh, I just want it a little bit sharper. I don't want their, you know, their eyes to look blurry or stuff like that. You know, you want to send the best pics to the grandparents and whatnot, you know. That's the ultimate thing. There's a lot of like cool little camera things too. Like both the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro have 50 megapixel rear cameras now is like the base camera. The Pro adds uh, adds the telephoto zoom as well. But because of that, because um, kind of like what Apple's doing, uh, you can um, use the, what do you call it? The super, super zoom? Res zoom, yeah. Super res zoom to, to kind of really hone in and like get some really good zooming too. That That's pretty well, cool. So, yeah. so what it's doing too is exactly what Apple is doing, where it's using the high res 50 megapixel sensor, the info capture from that to create a sort of 2x view at sensor quality, which therefore gives you another like sort of fake so-called camera to work with. So you've got the 1x that is quad binned into 12.5 megapixels. Then you've got 2x on the viewfinder, which is using the 50 megapixel to create a zoomed in view, and then so on and so forth. You've got 5x, 10x, etc. And Google's been very good at doing this sort of super res zoom stuff for a very long time since it debuted on the Pixel 3, and is stitching all these things together and magically kind of cleaning up all of that data and that noise. It's also promising clear pictures at all zoom ranges. So let's start That's from telephoto. Yeah, yeah. Telephoto going mm -hmm. up to 30 times zoom is promising you like tack sharp pictures in despite despite your hand shake, right? So that I would right. love to test. There, and, there, and there's that new feature that kind of, you know, throws up a little mini viewfinder to kind of help you frame your shot because Anyone who's tried to pick it, take a picture at 30x zoom knows it's like really hard to keep something in focus or in frame. In frame, uh, in frame Samsung um, called and was like, mm -hmm. we used that UI first. But anyway. Yes, it, also, it, it, it has been available on the Ultra Series. Yep. That's, that's something. There's also additional stability controls too, right? So when you're zooming in, I feel like it's yes. going to be a little it's more locking into It's locking onto a subject to keep your subject stable while you're framing up the shot too. And then also, of course, video stabilization is going to be improved. And then speaking of uh, the the uh, zoom levels across zoom ranges, right? We're not only talking about telephoto zooms, we're also talking about macro zoom. Well, the company is now using its ultra wide 
uh, camera, which by the way also has a wider field of view now of about 125.8 degrees, which makes it the biggest on market right now because I believe before that, that reigning champion was Samsung at 123 degrees field of view. But anyway, the macro camera can get up to three centimeters close to your that's, subject. That's pretty close. I, I like this trend towards macro cameras in, in all all devices. Uh, I've used it. I, I really like it with bugs and plants. God, why would you photograph uh, on my bugs? IPhone. <laughs> you brought, brought up the B, B word. Brought the B word. You can really get some, you see all the antenna, all the like little hair and the bugs. It's, it's so much fun. Um, okay. Good, good photo stuff. And honestly, really competitive with what Apple is doing now. Let's talk about something I'm excited about that I was not expecting to be, and that is the Pixel tablet. And we have talked for years on this podcast that Android tablets are a joke. Yeah. Really, the only company making them uh, that are any good is Samsung. And Sam it's actually, we're about 10 years since Samsung introduced the first Galaxy Tab S, I believe. It was around now. Um, that, that's that been like the highlight of Android uh, tablets forever. This thing looks fine. Looks like a tablet, a normal tablet. I thought it was pretty boring until somebody attached it to a little speaker base and effectively turned it into a home hub. Um, and that is cool. The ability to just like plop it down on a speaker that's in your kitchen or something, use it as a sort of like, you know, a video, a video type device, and then pick it up and take the screen away when you're leaving the house. That's cool. I'm down with that. It's a shame Google can't get it out this year. But yeah, there, cool. there's a lot yeah. of details they can't release it, but they have shared this will run with the Tensor G2 uh, chip. It will also run Android with uh, support for Material U and a split screen and stylus input. The company isn't sharing details about stylus input, except to say, at least they confirmed to me, that third-party styluses, styli, will be supported uh, at least from the start and then... Because they can't share more, I have a feeling we are going to see Google Pencil maybe, right? Like, it's like, I'm speculating here. Um, you mean everything right? Apple's doing? Yeah. Yeah, we exactly. Will they're they're going to call it like something something else instead of Pencil. The crayon, whatever. Um, and then the screen size, we don't actually know, but it looks very much like a 10-inch or bigger device to me. Um yeah, it looks, it looks basically 10 inches. 10 inches. Yeah, at least. And that speaker dock, uh, mm -hmm. it's a charging base with the similar audio quality to the Nest Audio, not the Nest Mini, the Nest Audio. So bigger sound, you've got you've got magnetic char uh, attachments, but I am concerned about using it as like kind of a video call device because the angle at which it slopes um, on the speaker base looks like it's pointing upwards and that might not be the most flattering. It's not, it's adjustable. not adjustable. It's not adjustable. Okay, okay but 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 uh -huh. oh, I I have a pro tip. You you can yes, take the right, but that's, off the base. Yeah, sure. I know, I know, but that's not the point, right? Like when they say use this as a video calling machine, they want you to put it on the base. I think it's it's more like this is on your kitchen counter, and when you're looking at your kitchen counter, then you are above it, so it does kind of have to point up a little bit, and I feel like that is a sort of use case. Right, it's not, not like really a dedicated you, conference you know, so. call when you're at work sort of device. I yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it's. Mm -hmm. It should be movable. At the very least, it's not. You, like, tilt Just FYI, it's not. That, that would, I asked, and it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Okay. So exciting. Uh, Google oh. got me excited for a tablet. Google made me think your hardware this designs are actually pretty. And this is after this is after just a week after Google like totally tanked it on Stadia and like basically everything we predicted about the failure of Stadia came true. Can't trust this company with some products. And meanwhile. We have all these things coming out. So anyway, we've got, go, go check out all our coverage. Sherlyn and Sam have done a bunch of hands-ons. We've got a bunch of posts from everybody on the site. So that's Engadget.com. There is some other Google news and I feel like we are going we're to. just going to blow through this because I don't, hey. I don't care about this as much. And I'm actually very angry 
about Nest because I have two Nest thermostats and Google is awful when it comes to supporting these things. So what we have is a new Nest uh, wire, wired Nest doorbell. It's kind of it's kind of thinner and smaller. Hey Google, welcome to what Arlo was doing several years ago. You just triggered like seven people's camera. speakers or something, I think. Exactly but um, yeah. No. Oh well, I mean the, this Google event triggered everybody's speakers apparently. God. Uh, but yeah, apologies for that. Um, there's a new doorbell. There's a revamp for the Home app. That to me is interesting. That is good yeah. because again. The home app is garbage. So so much of what Google does with these Nest devices is pure garbage. Um, I set up schedules in my home app. Nest is just like, hey bro, you want to be you want to be cold in the middle in the middle of the afternoon when nobody's upstairs? Cool, <laughs> I'll make it happen. I'm like, no, Google, do you stop. Not, you're, you're do you maybe not have like something like Nest Renew that's interfering with it? Okay. No, no, I don't have any of those things turned on. I'm just like, look, I wrote <laughs> down the schedule for you, Google. Just listen to it, and then sometimes the Nest device is just like. Don't don't pay attention to anything. There's also a new Nest Wi-Fi Pro, which is a uh, it's their router thing, but also it's a, it's a mesh router system. So that's kind of cool. Um, hey, folks, I would be very careful. Hey, about buying any Nest that's not at this point. OK, well, it, I, I, I am it's ready to get uh, some in for testing. I do. I do. do I have a Nest any, camera. Uh, I have a Nest device. I've never installed okay. it. And I have several Nest speakers and a Nest hub. Yeah, you don't. Unless you're I living am, with I these am, things, I am, I am, I am. You don't own No, it. I am living with the Nest camera it. and the Nest Hub displays and, and Nest Audio. Okay, I'm talking but about just, thermostats. Okay, so I'm you're specifically about talking about the one Nest device that made you upset. Meanwhile, I have three different Nest devices <laughs> and you're saying I don't live with Nest? Sherlyn, Excuse what, me? Was, what was the first Nest device? I know what it was, was the, the thermostat, device? okay? What, was, okay. what did this okay, company make its name but on? Here's, here's yeah, what I'll tell yeah. you. Here's what I'll tell literally, you literally is that they're, yeah. they're revamping the app not only to make it like more uh, easy to, to customize for like your favorite screens, uh, favorite functions up front, and also to help you customize your automations and stuff like that. They're also adding a script editor, by the way. You can also access your Nest feed streams, uh, your Nest camera streams from the web. There's going to be a web option soon. Uh, and in that web option, you're going to be able to access a script script editor for automations power users geek out now but okay the that's, that's exactly what i want the other thing user. though is that they're going yeah. to start they tr- they understand that i think the one thing that they kept trying to make clear to me during our briefing is that they understand that there's a lot of pieces of this that haven't fully been ingested into the google home app yet but they're working on it and they keep t- i was like why is it so difficult when they were like there's a lot of different pieces to make sure that they're doing it integrating it right and especially the data streams that are coming through so I get that it's frustrating now. I absolutely agree with you. Also, sometimes I freaking hate my Nest speakers. I hate those bitches. Sorry. No, absolutely. Google <laughs> bought Nest in January. I don't of know. When? I when? Was, yeah, 2014. <laughs> eight years ago. Yeah, you weren't born yet. You definitely had not. You hadn't emerged from journalism school by that point, I believe. Um, but 2014. And I'm we're still looking at these things and like oh it's it's hard You're so it's mean. hard to integrate You're our so software to together and Nest. Oh my god, I I am mean it's because true, uh, it makes me angry and I have to live with it every day. And then and then sometimes my Nest thermostat just lose Wi Fi. Yeah, mine too. Like, hey, oh my gosh, hey, hey, mine too. Hey, I just. I, I forgot how to connect to the internet. I'm going to need a couple days to figure it out. And that's what it takes. It takes several days Sam, for it to reset. You... Anyway. I, I'm, I'm like kind yeah. of shocked because I have a Nest thermostat and it's been like it's, fine. Yeah. Like, I, I, like I'm, I'm not even, either on like the super positive side or the super negative. It, it, it's been fine. Like I, I set my schedules twice a year in like summer and winter. And it's like, I, 
I don't. That touch makes it. me mad because my Nest speakers will lose connection to the Wi-Fi every now and then. They're like, oh, I don't, I don't like routers anymore. Bye. Just like no. It may also be easier <laughs> in in like a smaller, like in an apartment space, Sam. Like it may make more sense. If, like, I, I think I think that there's there's definitely yeah. something to that. Like yeah. my my place is like a two bedroom. It's like relatively small, and so like I have one router. I don't have like I don't have a need for mesh stuff or anything like that. I have like great coverage throughout all of my house, and so like. I don't have it doesn't d- drop connections like I don't like every once in a while I'll like you know say okay G and then like she just won't answer and like okay <laughs> that she, happens she's busy she's watching her yeah story. yeah she she's just it's raining let her chill you know right you, robots need a break too right I know I no I, I was just gonna yeah, say go that ahead, I ahead, live in a small apartment too and I have these Wi-Fi issues so I don't know if it's necessarily just the size of the apartment it's 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 a lot. You're, of you're living in boxes right now it happened okay? when you I live in my studio without boxes too but anyway we are getting too caught up. <laughs> all right. Let's all congrat, uh, give Sherlin congratulations. Not yet. Me. I'm not done, that, but thank really you. I, I know it's been, you're in the middle of it. So anyway, uh, Nest, Nest stuff. Hey, hey, folks, be careful before you buy Nest products because it's a nightmare out there. It's it's hard out there. Let's move on to some other news real quick because uh, we're going to have to run soon. I have reviewed Intel's ARC A750 and A770 graphics cards. And hey, you know what's what's impossible? Something I never thought we'd actually see. Good video cards yeah. from Intel. Yes. Good discrete Agreed. video cards. And hey, they're here. And it's kind of amazing. Uh not to not to like rewind time once again, Trillin, uh, to a time you may not you may not recall. The last time Intel talked about doing, hey, we're gonna get into high-end graphics, we're gonna take on NVIDIA, was 2009. Intel was like talking about like we, we are building up this whole project, guys. Don't worry. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Before it's even released, dead. I can't trust Intel for any of these things. So they killed that project. They focused on integrated graphics for years. Um, we have covered like the, the sort of like soap opera happening because the guy responsible for AMD's sort of resurgence of their Radeon graphics cards, Raja Kaduri, um, I covered him when he launched the RX 480 uh, back in 2017 at Computex. You were there, Sholin, I believe. Um, so he announced that, that was a big deal for AMD. That was AMD coming back into like decently good graphics cards. That was a $200 card that could deal with VR headsets. That was pretty cool. Uh, then Intel stole Raja Kuduri away. Big, big, big drama, big soap opera. Um, at the end of 2017, Intel uh, Intel brought him over. And for the past several years, he's been working on revamping Intel stuff. We've talked about Intel's XE graphics. That's a sort of like better onboard, uh, better like uh, integrated graphics that they've been putting into new chips. But yeah, now we've got new mid-range cards. And hey, guys, they're, they're actually good. For gamers, this is great news. Uh, the A750 is $289. The A770 is $329. And they're competing with cards that sell for $400 or more from NVIDIA and AMD. So go check out my review. Go look at the benchmarks. I think it all looks pretty good. The only thing is I don't, just like Google and Nest, I don't know if we can really trust Intel this much. Like if you invest in this ecosystem and these cards, you better hope Intel is going to keep up with driver updates and you better hope they're ready for every new game drop to really optimize these drivers. And you better hope they don't just like say, hey, uh, we're, we're bored. We're tired of GPUs in several years and then your support is dead, you know? So those are all risks you take. But if you're looking for a good deal, I think these things are cool. Speaking um, other news. Any, I, know, I just want to say, speaking yeah. of toxic relationships, hey, Twitter, Twitter oh, has sure, agreed yeah. that it will let Elon Musk buy it again. Somehow they have... It wasn't. That's, that's it, not the way it worked. I mean, tw- Twitter didn't agree. It Twitter was. was suing Elon Musk. Right, right, saying, right, right. Buy right. us. Buy us. 
And then Elon Musk was like, no, bro, no, 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 um, bots. No, no, no. Um, There's so, a so lot. many things. Uh, I, that was a late night acquisition, and I made some mistakes. Um, but the current news, and there, there's actually stuff happening right now. Current news is that he is he's back he's back on board to basically end the the suit against him because of this whole deal and him trying to back out of it. Um, but also, also news that happened recently: uh, this deal may be stuck in debt contingency, which is a thing he he was adding to this deal after the fact to be like, Hey, I need uh, several billion. Uh, how many, it was uh 13 billion. He's saying he would like to use, uh, he would like to use debt financing to cover that. And they're like, nah, man, you said money. We want, you know, we want, we want this. Uh, so that is clearly a breaking right story, now, right? Breaking story. Um, he, it's not him trying to back out of it, but it's also him trying to be like, I don't, I don't want this to cost me as much as I thought it would. So that, that's a thing we're following. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I will immediately just lean like I won't leave Twitter because we all kind of have to use it a little bit. But I will be stuck. Um, I will be stuck like basically just not using Twitter as much. So that's that's my main thing. Um, yeah. Another thing, <laughs> uh, the stupid Tesla robot. We saw that. Real yeah, quick. I, I, I looked at it over the weekend briefly when I, I surfaced from my Apple drowning and I saw people were freaking out over some sort of biped robot on twitter with like a desktop on its chest it looks hilarious because it's like giant fans it's all wires and open and everything yeah this is the tesla optimus robot um hey i'm I'm sorry i'm I'm annoyed at the name optimus because that's like okay there is there's one robot who gets to be called optimus and that's not it yep Yep, and is he? And he has to be voiced by Peter Weller. Um, yeah, that's uh, they they showed it off. Uh, my thing is the opening part where they like wheel out this robot in a hand truck looks hilarious because it looks like it can't really move on its own. It it does walk around a little later, um, but it's I I don't trust anything from this man at this point. So go check out the videos, folks. Uh, Andy Andrew Tarantola wrote a piece about this, and he goes in depth with all this too but uh yeah there, there's a lot i don't like about this i don't trust this let's move on to like a nice fun yes story that you really I, want to talk about Trillin, because i feel like this, this is, is very relevant, relevant to my interest right now and i think long-term listeners to the end get off the engage podcast know every year i have a new pet project a pet passion area and this year apparently it's all about fitness and fitness tech and uh Gatorade this week announced that it's making, uh, I see Sam face palming very hard right now. Uh, it's, it's launched a new smart water bottle that will tell you how much water you need to drink after a workout. Now in. So, so I, I, can I, can I say, uh, I, I love that you are the one who checked this out because you are the thirst queen. Well, she, so she didn't. I, 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 I did. I did. I First of all, I am the thirst queen. Okay. Okay. You didn't write didn't the post write the then, post, apparently. But I am hmm. the thirst queen, and I, yeah. I. This is a wow. typical Gatorade bottle. It's actually a little bit bigger. I've been using it for a few days now, but the software was not really ready for a bit. <laughs> I had to like test flight the beta or something. I know. Could you, could you drink your you water? You can. If the you can. It's a screw ready? cap and a squeeze you, bottle. I know. So I unscrewed the cap and I just drink it. I've been okay. drinking it using this gross water ref- like fountain at my gym for a bit now. And uh, what it does is basically it's got a ring of lights on the lid, uh, and it can. Uh, tell you using a marker to show you how much you need to replenish your uh, like how much you need to drink to replenish your your 
hydration or your fluids. Um, based on how much you sweat, by the way, using that dumbass sweat patch that I checked out last year, that dumbass so dumb. so sweat dumb. patch, which is so inaccurate so at telling dumb. how much I sweat or how much water I've lost, is being used as the gauge. Yeah, it's one job. The one job is the it's gauge to, yeah. like, to see how much. You know, you know what else is really good at telling when you're thirsty? The human yes, body. Actual thirst. You would not have been able to survive as a species until, you know, for thousands yes. of years if we, yes. if so, we so you know, in fact. case you couldn't read so. your own thirst cues, you can use this hydration bottle. I am testing it. I just want to say that like I didn't write it, but I am still testing it and we might have coverage about it out soon. But meantime, it's launched. Um I also want to get thirsty. Pretty yeah. thirsty. But I like it. Um <laughs> I also wanted to shout out that Sam, oh my gosh, you basically killed yourself and got a review of the iPhone 14 Plus up. What was it, just like yesterday? Oh my gosh. It was midnight uh, or this morning. yesterday. This, this Holy morning, crap. In addition is, yeah. to prepping for Google, in addition to everything else that's going on in the background that we can't talk about publicly yet. Well done. Thank you for that. Everybody should go check out Sam's review of the iPhone 14 Plus on Engadget.com. Do you do you like it? I feel like that's the main question. I, I like it, but I also feel like the headline kind of tells it all. It, hey, it, it's an yeah. iPhone, but but bigger. It's big. Um, it's big. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it fills in that gap in in the portfolio. Okay, you had the iPhone 14, and then there's no big non-Pro Max version. There's no big screen iPhone. So now there is one. It used, and it used to be great. the 10R, which itself mm. was a weird thing, right? Because it wasn't end. as yeah. Uh, yeah. wasn't as fast as the, the, the yeah. It was, it was very strange. Instead of mini, they went big. Uh, I real I, one day, one day I will get a headline. Let's just it big. Like that's all. <laughs> yes, I I, I I wait for it. I mean, so, so like you know, if you want a big screen but don't want to pay the extra money for a Pro Max, there you go. Um, so big display and it has really really great battery life. So if that's you know like you really like need a phone that can last multiple days. In my experience, the the 14 Plus definitely delivers. I, I charged it was like once every two days. You can even get to like two and a half days out of it. And I'm like, That's you know, it's not just light use. I'm like, you know, watching videos, I, playing games, all that. I also know a lot of older users appreciate bigger screens because by the point where once you when there's a point where you have to use reading glasses basically to see phone screens very well. So having something bigger, so you don't right. always need the glasses. And you, and you can size. increase yeah. the font and without like seriously decreasing the amount of content you're seeing. So it's like it, it is a nice trade off, especially you know for older folks who you know who eyes aren't. And it's are, also uh, what well, it's not the highest refresh rate for sure, but it's also like. Uh, Right, it's still 60 hertz like the standard iPhone 14. I do want no, to point no out that this is tab. Sam's, what, first iPhone review. So welcome to Apple Woo. Land. Hope we win you over. <laughs> to Apple Land. It's nice. You, you it's it's done, nice there. You haven't done one elsewhere, Sam? I've helped out uh, in, in previous reviews, but, uh, you know, a a Apple, um, you know, they, they want to make sure the people who review their stuff know their stuff. And so, you know. It takes it takes some time to get to, to get to get in there. Congrats! It is it's a tough thing to review any of these devices. So thanks for that, and uh, be sure to check out all Sherlin's reviews too. Like talk about killing yourself. Like you you were back to back to back <laughs> all the Apple stuff plus these events. Uh, you know it's it's a busy time. It's Techtober as we like to say, and Techtober is just beginning because we have the Microsoft event next week, and I'm gonna be in town for that. So that's gonna be fun um that's that's pretty much it you know there's been a lot of news a lot of google stuff we will move on to our pop culture picks okay sherlyn what do you have for us this week i honestly don't think this will surprise anyone uh house of the dragon y'all have been watching this right like everybody's been watching no no 
Just a tiny unknown. Nobody knows that. Okay, cool. Uh, I, I, yeah, I've been chilling out to that. I mean, I like spent some uh, of the last few weeks uh, ignoring. I mean, not ignoring, catching up on uh, Game of Thrones or rewatching Game of Thrones, really. And then now, yeah, I'm up on House of the Dragon. It's really, it's. I mean, surprisingly nice. It's. I thought it would be really bad, but it's actually not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sherlin's review. That would be bad, but not bad. Uh, thank you. I, I still need to catch up because the first like three exactly. episodes just didn't really grab me compared to the Lord of the Rings shows. I feel like Lord of the Rings ones are a lot of fun. Sam, what do you got? Right. So that, that, that's actually a perfect segue because for a long time I was like kind of like doing one episode of House of the um, Dragon. And then more recently I've been getting deeper into Rings of Power. And that, that show is like – it feels like kind of a slow burn to me because – uh, I, I like I'm not like a diehard Tolkien fan, but like so I wasn't like it's very pretty, and I like actually want to kind of like commend Amazon Prime shows like Wheel of Time and this for being just really yeah. nice looking shows. Yeah. Like, well, they the, spent yeah. a ton of money in all of them. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they got yeah. the budget to prove it, but yeah, and and so, but like it was kind of a slow burn. I was like not super interested because I like I think they were spending a little too much time telling too many different stories. But now that things are starting to pick up, I'm starting to get more into it. Um, so I I, I like. You know, I like where it's going. Um, I, I'm more hopeful that, like, they'll really dive into stuff in season two. And it seems like they're really setting up. This is, like, the setup season. And they're really going to use that season two to, like, dive into, like, more of the world and more of the characters. Because I think there's the, the character development is not is quite where I want it. It's, it's, I mean, it's big high fantasy in a way that I kind of appreciate. You know, it's, it's not as serious as Game of Thrones. There's no... There is like big fighting monsters but there's not like brutal violence there's not uh the like uh, right the, I, and i read that was a, that was a conscious decision because they didn't they wanted to make it more family friendly a little bit more accessible not like the brutalistic tendencies that like you know people love but also hate about game of thrones for sure for sure and yeah no no sexual assault in this show so that's something you always got to watch out for in any game of thrones show I want to chat about, uh, real quick, another big IP, because I guess that's the mood we're in right yep. now, is yep. Andor, the latest Star Wars show. I, I've been kind of so-so on the Star Wars shows so far. I feel like the Boba Fett one was kind of like fun Saturday morning cartoon. The Obi-Wan show, nice bit of nostalgia, but it's not really doing anything new with Star Wars or the franchise. Andor is incredible. And I do think everybody should watch it. If I had more time, I'd write up something for us at the site, because it's produced by uh, Tony Gilroy, the guy who basically in the background saved Rogue One and made that movie watchable. He's also the guy behind, uh, he wrote the uh, the Bourne Identity movies. Yeah, Jason Bourne is his character. Michael Clayton, one of the greatest movies of the past like 20 years uh, he wrote as well. And this is very much turning uh, Andor, who played by Diego Luna, who's introduced in Rogue One, into one of those characters, a sort of like very, very noble and strong fixer who's trying to basically take down the the Empire as a rebel. And it's very much into spycraft and uh, politics in a way too, and just the sort of like banal evil of bureaucracy and things that Star Wars people would be like, where's my lightsabers? Where, how, where's Luke Skywalker? There's none of that here because it's all, it's all just like on the ground stuff of rebellions and how rebellions work. And I think it's really fascinating and it's really good. I'm I'm loving it. So check out Andor, all of you, I'm sure, would be into the show. If you just want the lightsabers, if you just want big action, you've got so much other Star Wars stuff to look at. They're like literally all the other live action shows. You could go look at those. If you want a slow burn, nice political thriller, uh, that is what Andor is doing well. And then it still has some good action too. So that's the nice uh, bonus. Is it Disney Plus? 
Yeah, it's all there Disney Plus. It's awesome. A, our lives yeah, that's are true. Disney Star Plus Wars right shit. Yeah, it's yeah, all Disney right. Plus. Well, that's it for the episode this week, everyone. Thank you as always for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terence O'Brien. This podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Devendra online at at Devendra on Twitter and at the Filmcast Podcast at thefilmcast.com. You can find Sam online at at Sam Rutherford and of course on Engadget.com. And if you want to send me all the things the Pixel Watch's case reminds you of, or all the other things that it you know send us your HTC like, memories because oh, I know you've got Lord. them. Yeah. Not those. Not yeah. those. Anything yeah, those. but those. You can send them to me. If you want to rag on Sherlyn for having too many uh, tabs open in Chrome, <laughs> oh please do. Yeah. They're all on Twitter at Sherlyn Lowe. Email us your thoughts at podcast.engadget.com. Leave us a review, please, on iTunes because that'll help people discover us. And subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Oh, y'all know I love to fondle shit.